From Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hello out there in Radioland. It is I, Justin Russell, and we are here in Studio A here at Podcast Village. Across the table for me, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. Served at last count under four presidents. He is the one we know as Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And at my one o'clock, he is the former Joe Biden political operative and a bar licensed attorney in the great state of Maryland and District of Columbia, Dan Lipner Esquire. Hello. Hello, Justin. And wow, what is with <laughs> what is with the one nine hundred caller voice? Good God. Uh joining us from an undisclosed location in the Bay State of Massachusetts. He is the former Huffington Post contributing writer and author of such great books as American Politics on the Rocks. He is Rich Rubino. Hello, Richard. Hello, Justin. And as always, behind the glass, Rod the Engineer, keeping us honest, and our producer, Eric Thomas. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, obviously, for this episode. We're going to start off with the big happenings going on regarding the census. There are three of us here, done counting. Uh, there, yeah, yes, but <laughs> apparently, are, well, let me ask the question that the president wants to ask. Are you a legal American citizen? I'm sorry, I gotta go. Okay, exactly. <laughs> uh, the the question of are you a U.S. citizen here legally has continued to be a fight that the Trump campaign- All U.S. citizens are here legally. Uh, Again, <laughs> you asked, yeah. are you a U.S. citizen are you, here legally? All uh, U.S. citizens that's, are by okay. definition are you, here are legally. You here, are you in the United States legally is the question <laughs> that they're asking. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That being said, you know what? They, you know what? I was there when they stormed the airports, darn it. Going back to the July 4th comment. Anyway, the, the reality is this is a very serious subject, and it and we thought it had been put to bed by the Supreme Court. Apparently not. Apparently they have Justice just... Justice Department lawyers also thought it was put to bed. Uh, apparently so. <laughs> so let me, let me start with you, Alan Moore, because n- number one, this, what is the basis for them wanting to ask the question as put before the courts for them to rule on? What is the legitimate basis or what is the actual basis? No, hold on. <laughs> I, I want to, I let's, let's go with Alan. And what is, what is the basis that the administration claims is a reasoning for this question? So the, the, que, the question is really an, an interesting one, okay? And, and you, you, the, the more you learn about the history of the census, the more you understand that this, uh, this particular constitutionally required activity uh, has evolved uh, regularly, steadily um, since uh, 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 since the founding yeah. of the republic. And I, and I guess we should it, go back and, and talk about you know basically in in twenty seconds. I mean, the reason why we have the mandated census by law is to one it it uh, determines how many members of Congress you're going to get. Exactly. It also allows for how much money you'll get in public support for stuff from education, transportation. It kind of equalizes divvying up the pot based on your population count. It, it can affect the money, absolutely. Right. Um, uh, what was that, Rich? Electoral votes. Electoral votes, right. exactly. Uh, so, again, going back to your answer, what's the justification for the... So what they were what what they what the, what the administration tried to say, and that the Supreme Court found 
um, insufficient was in effect to say um, it's really important for the country to know not just uh, how many people are here, but a little more about who they are. And we already ask some questions about who we are. Ethnicity, uh, uh, gender. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, and and uh, but by but by introducing the the question of whether somebody's here legally or not raises the issue of whether people will refuse to answer and give a skewed uh, give the the government skewed information. Um, it appeared to have, uh, and I'm not uh, going to argue to the contrary, a political motive. Um, that is, gee, if people don't answer, um, who is that likely to help in terms of of uh, the the distribution of congressional seats, electoral votes, and so on? And a and a strong argument can be made that, gee, this might actually help right. Republicans. Um, and and uh, but what about but, the argument that they cite about the Voting Rights Act that this actually protects the Voting Rights Act? Well, so uh, <laughs> easy, easy there, Tondo. Easy. The 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 Supreme Court concluded that the administration's answer to defend this was wanting. It didn't. So what it said was, we are not going to overturn a lower court that said you can't ask the question. Unless and until you come up with a better rationale for why you're doing this. Well, the problem with that was the questionnaire needs to be printed and it needs to be distributed um, next year. And this stuff, it's, it's literally billions of pieces of paper. Um, and... Uh, and you need to start printing it. So the 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 conclusion at Justice um, uh, and and at Commerce was okay. We can't ask the question because we haven't adequately defended it. We need to print. Let's go to print, and then the issue goes away. At which point the president said, "Just a minute. Just a minute." We still want this question, and we think that that we're going we're st- we're still uh, seeking not only our appeals, but they're now apparently exploring an executive well, order. An executive order. Hold on, hold on. We need to get into the law so, here a little right, bit more. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. And that's fair enough. And I'm happy. But let me ask this question though. The 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 question is is does when we start talking about looking at minority voting rights does the administration have a point in saying look we need to determine where you know voting rights act might have impact it might not have impact where we, you know the, this will put to bed any sort of question on voter fraud for example we're we're looking at this way out of order well, yeah, no, I, I, no yeah let, let's go with dan here well, because well, i i don't think those are i i don't think the well, answers to the those questions. No, 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 no 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 i want to set the basis no that the, 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 the order order matters here but so why? Be, so the administrative procedures act is what we're we're talking about that essentially the government has to come up with legitimate reasons to doing things and the evidence that we actually got and this is straight out of wilbur ross's email uh it's important to note that they thought they could actually dial down uh, 
but my, minority voting by adding questions. I hear what you're questions. saying. So this is important. The Administrative Procedures Act says you actually have to come up with legitimate reasons for doing things. Right. The question you are asking that the, that the administration has come up with post hoc. So after the well, fact, no, this, this was this was this a was question not, that they brought in from the Supreme Court that right, Chief Justice no, 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 Roberts uh, out out of order here. And literally, you're I, and I'm literally talking okay. out of order okay. because they came up with that rationale after the question, after they got pushback, after they lost the initial, after they had not lost the initial legal fight, okay. they came up with the, but no, wait, this is a possible legitimate reason, to which, now, Alan's point, that, well, you're not talking about the credibility of where they came up with this. There is absolutely zero evidence, and I literally mean zero evidence, that they ever thought about the, the voting rights by Chief Justice John ever, Roberts in this decision. Prior to that moment in court. And part of the law is you actually have to do things for legitimate reasons. Now, any other administration very well could if they actually went through and and had a built a a record far enough back saying these are the reasons this is what we're looking for this is the demographic information that we're trying to figure out exactly who we are as Americans and coincidentally part of that is national origin and whether or not you are currently a US citizen if you hide it in such a way there is actually a legitimate reason you could ask this question that is absolutely not what this administration but has wait, done wait, wait, wait. okay this but- Going back directly to Wilbur Ross's email saying there is a partisan advantage to asking this question. No, no, but, but wait a minute. Wait and a minute. these are actual facts. The, okay, but what I, what I guess, again, I go back to the the uh, my my original question that I put out there is it didn't it didn't work, obviously, in Chief Justice Roberts' eyes because he threw this out. But going into the Supreme Court hearing, they legitimately felt that they were doing this for the right reasons. To Who legitimately felt this? You don't. You don't think. You, do you really believe? I'm going back to Wilbur Ross's email here. I'm going. Well, the Secretary of Commerce runs the census. Census, correct. The the basis for this question is pretty explicitly stated to drive down counts in minority areas. To then suggest that somehow is a pro voting rights act kind of challenges credibility to say the least. Rich Rubino, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that I think that. Just the idea that the Trump administration making the argument that they're the real kind of custodian of the Voting Rights Act. Um, I don't think anyone. I don't think very many people are really going to take them. You know, are going to really take them to, to take them at their word in terms of credibility that they're somehow you know trying to protect this act and you know that they're somehow the Martin Luther King of, of the of the modern day or something. You know. Um, That's right, Rich, because they're spending too much time working on the environment. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the labor movement, because I know who the labor secretary is. I'm sure that they're more interested in that. It's just, I think it's an interesting political ploy, though, the idea that, you know, that, that, um, that Jeff Sessions, for example, th- when he was attorney general, was thinking all day long, you know, how can we expand and how can we continue to enforce the Voting Rights Act, you know? Right. But, but Alan Moore, the, the, the bottom line. Did Rich finish? I the, interrupted Rich. No, no, no. no, 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 no he's done. He's done. He's done. He's about the environment, okay. too. No, no, yeah. but the. the, the, the the question now comes up is we we now have a ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court that says that the question's just not valid. It doesn't go on the census. The Census Department has already said that they've started printing the, the census forms to go out to every American. The, the question now comes up is now that the Supreme Court has ruled it 
unconstitutional that uh, the president's turned around and said, well, you know what? We're going to find... I don't think the Supreme Court even got to unconstitutional. Well, no, no. They, how did they rule it? They, they upheld the lower courts that it was a, a, a violation, violation of, of the Administrative was, Procedures okay. Act, how they, how they proceeded to do this. The Trump administration is now trying to retroactively fill in the blanks that they could have done in the past. And now it comes an incredible evidentiary issue of whether or not there's a credibility gap. And now courts are thrown into this even further, which they don't want to do. But Does this go be, back to the Supreme Court? It could, especially if the president is acting outside of 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 uh, court findings. So this could be this could actually end up being a bigger crisis if the administration continues to do th- this weird process that they're trying to do. Well, that. that if that's they had the just followed the Supreme happened. Court saying that, that they missed the deadline, there's no way of doing this. Everyone. And literally everyone, apparently, except for the president of the United States, and no, and the, the attorney general, and the attorney general, the attorney general today came out and said, "Today, that, I'm th- everyone's backfilling after the president's tre- tweets." No, that's true. This is everyone thought this was over. I, I mean, they they are literally, as we are speaking, changing out attorneys at the Justice Department. They've taken a whole new division. And put it in charge of this case, in part because the judge who was a uh, who was the actual district court judge, the, so the actual trial judge, it called the, the Department of Justice attorneys in to in response to the president's tweet, going, "All right, what's going on here? I thought we had a finding," and the attorneys at that point asked for. Recusal. Ask basically they they needed out not recusal they wanted out they initially wanted a temporary hold so they want the judge can we wait till Monday to do this the judge said no because <laughs> they because the census department actually needed to start doing things so they needed an answer so what we don't entirely know is why the swap out occurred I can tell you if I was an attorney for the right. U S government right and the president of the United States just undercut me and. Entirely after taking a case all the way to the Supreme Court. No, but you, you now you have a, you have an attorney general now, Alan Moore, who's literally come out in public and in a press statement today said, "I have a path forward for the question to be part of the census." Yep, and 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 apparently the 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 path forward is the issuance of an executive order, which some legal scholars believe gets around the the Supreme Court decision and the 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 requirements or, or meets the requirements of the uh, of, of the of the law that 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 Dan was referring to it, it remains to be seen if that's true it may be true I mean some does some, this create some, a bigger some, constitutional crisis no, like not, not necessarily I mean it 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 it, it will it, it may well be challenged but but there's a guy named Michael Ludig who's a former circuit uh, uh, judge um, who is very very widely respected for his constitutional knowledge who who basically said you do an executive order and there's no Supreme Court that's going to say that's outside the scope of 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 this particular law I don't know that it's that 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 much of a slam dunk that that was not the path that they had chosen and it was not the basis of what the Supreme Court said which was as I understood it you have not made the case in effect an invitation to go back and make a stronger case but there was no time on the clock so 
because there was no time left, there wasn't a, it would have taken months, if you will, or longer to lay the groundwork that Dan described before. Um, and then, well, what else is there? The president says, I don't want to give up. I don't want to lose this. I've got some uh, investment in this issue. Um and then people went back and 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 took another look. We right. will see. I don't see that it's going to be a constitutional uh, crisis myself. Uh, it's it's kind of fascinating. It and it's it, it's interesting because there's not there, it, there's not a lot of talk about a the merits of of the kind of information that we should or should not be collecting, and then b. The, the Constitution, as I understand it, does have a requirement or makes it very clear that the Congress can ask for whatever it wants. But, but it's not, well, but it's not the Congress that's asking. Let me ask this question. It is worth noting. I, I'm not quite certain the executive order thing is where you say it is um, or where it is possible the Supreme Court, the, the, the Constitution is pretty straightforward on this. It's a head count. And yeah. once you start removing the other issues, there's nothing that says you have to ask anything else other than "Hi, are you here?" Uh, it's the it, it's literally a head count. No, no so, but, but where but does it? But wait, where does it stop? Where does it stop? I mean, do we start asking, you know, sexual preference? No. What what I'm what I'm saying is, it is entirely possible because we can ask gender. If if there are lots of things you can ask, there there. There is no maximum there. I mean, we, they the, ask the, religion. The, 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 right. What, what I'm saying is the Constitution says you have to count everyone, period. Well, short it, of their right. saying every – well, the, also remember, they are also you, did this are you president in the times of the United of, States. Well, yes. they also did this in the time of you know town squares. And everybody got in the town squares. And they went, raise your hand, one, two, three, four, five. And they're like, ah, the town of Mattapoise, no, Massachusetts. No, they did more than that. Keep in mind, this is also where the three-fourth clause comes in. So the, the there, there actually is three-fifths. a three-fifths, – Three-fifths. Three-fifths, sorry. Three-fifths yeah. clause. Um uh, c- comes into play. So, the, and we but didn't count women. I mean, there were a lot. Yeah, there were right. kids, people oh, under absolutely. sixteen. There was, but, but but you know, the last time oh, this came up, Richard Bino, the last time this came up was in nineteen sixty, and it was taken off. What makes this different than in nineteen sixty, where it was on? Uh, I don't think there is really any difference, other than the fact that the Trump administration wants to exploit the issue for political purposes, and they just see it to their advantage. It, did the Eisenhower administration choose not to use this for political advantage back then? Uh, I don't know what the origins in terms of why the Eisenhower administration chose to do it or if it was something that was between them and, you know, the United States Congress. Of course, it was controlled by Democrats at that time, though. So, you know, I think in this case, though, all I can say is it's just simply a political issue. And in terms of President Trump, whether it, whether it happens or not, he can certainly use this to go around the country in 2020 and say, you know, that you know, say why why aren't we why aren't we counting you know non-citizens versus citizens? And it's just something that I think he can use to rile up um, to rile up his base. I think it's just it's it's basically a political thing. I don't think that there's really much substance behind it. It's just how I, it's just that it benefits the president. But I go back to I go back to my question, Dan. You know, wh- where do we stop the questioning? I mean, how deep do we go? Because that means if if the president gets his way, that means we can ask anything on the census of course we can ask anything that's not the question the question is whether whether or not you can just wake up one morning and arbitrarily decide you want to ask anything that's a different question if you can come up with a legitimate purpose that demographers can explain that this is the the kind of information that we can use to explain who we are as a country and as americans 
this is something useful. Everything from income incomes to uh, demographic information, gender, sexuality. The the idea that you can you can now that this hasn't always been the case that your ethnicity you formerly you were only able to click, check one box. Um, and the census folks eventually changed that rule for people who identify as 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 multi-ethnic. So you can check at you know black and Hispanic, and you you can you can draw a whole bunch of information. And we end up so learning more about does, ourselves and presence, how we are built. But why does your presence, legally documented and not legally documented, differ from changing the fact that I claim I am? Italian and Scottish, or Caucasian and Native American, or it doesn't, uh, it, and 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 that's not the argument. The argument is you still have to have a reason, a legitimate reason for doing this. And so what you're saying to me, and what, on top me, of that, let, 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 let me finish that point. On top of the, the legitimate reason for doing this is the administrative procedures also allow you to challenge what is going to what the reasoning is and what what the possible drawbacks could be so what i'm so hearing the action asking somebody's sexuality back in the 50s uh the odds of getting anyone to come out as gay during the 50s uh it, during the 1950s census was going to be in i can't imagine would you would have gotten a whole lot of numbers on that in part because it was illegal in a large part of the country but so what i'm hearing so from in you this is case an administration that has gone militant against uh, against people who are brown and uh, and are here for so questionable what, what legal I'm circumstances. Hearing, what I'm hearing, that's absolutely there to drive down the counts. Wait a minute, Dan. But what I'm hearing from you is that this is not an issue of the fact that the question shouldn't be there. It's more a matter of this administration screwed up how they put the question out there to begin with. It's it's both. But at the moment, it's eighty percent on the side of they screwed up on the process of how to do it. Had 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 they been cognizant enough, Alan Moore, to come up with a better plan, a better execution of the argument, do you see that question staying on the census? I think there's a as as Dan basically said, they they would have they would have had a stronger argument, a stronger case from the get-go. We would there there are reasons that it would be useful for us to know that information. Having said that, um, D- if, give me an if, example. If, what what, what know, are the examples? I I, th- I think that that Every year we have major questions about how many non-citizens, how many illegals, if you will, uh, how many undocumenteds live in America. It would be good to have a, a, a count and know where people are um, in, in order, in, in, a, in a different kind of a world, to say there's some places that need some special attention, special resources, special capacities, capabilities, et cetera. Unfortunately, in this current environment— the 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 people who are undocumented well, the concern is, or here illegally are it's are, a ticket are, to get arrested are 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 going to be vulnerable. So the the argument goes they won't participate in the census, which is a, a, a bigger problem in terms of having an accurate census as the Constitution requires. So if 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 you're going to try to get that information, a you need to you you need to lay out a defense ahead of time for all the reasons that you want it and then show that you're going to make significant major efforts 
to get people to respond, which would mean but a public— how pub- do you do that? You do it through public education okay. ahead of time. You spend a lot of money on on TV and— and Hey, we're not going to come so get on. you. Let us under—please understand what our census is, why we need to know this information, would, would and Dems- it will be useful wait, to, if, if, to if, state and, of course, and local why, government. Wait, wait, but, if, and to Alan's point, this is—and why should people trust this administration? The There is law saying the Census Department may not share any of this— this information with other departments as far as specific information about individuals that is collected. Unfortunately, this president is on record saying out loud, well, just go ahead and break the law uh, in, in, other, in other circumstances because, you know, I'm in charge and who's going to enforce this? He has never instructed Wilbur Ross or anybody in the Census Department to break that aspect of the law governing yeah, the Census. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he he's has saying. said in other circumstances. I, I, the, the most recent item that I saw, and I know it's not the only time he said this, was he, when speaking to to uh, uh, American uh, Native American tribes uh, and talking about oil drilling rights on, on their lands, and they said, you know, the federal government says we can't do this, and he said, do it anyway. Who's going to enforce the law? He said this on camera. <laughs> so the faithful execution of the laws is not exactly this president's strong point. So if you are here. With questionable legal circumstances. And mind you, one of the things ICE is actually doing is they're hanging out at state courthouses and picking up people who are, and mind you, victims of domestic violence who are there to, to, to uh, be, bear witness as a, as a, as a complainant against a defendant who, who harmed them, those folks have been picked up and deported. Yeah. This is not exactly a... I don't want this to turn into an, into an attack. Yeah, well, this I don't, is a I don't real want this thing. To, I, I understand so that. So do you trust this president to not to say, I also know, Secretary don't Ross, let's hand this all information all over to, to ICE. There's plenty of evidence to suggest you should not trust this White House and this administration. Now, I, I guess so. We're, we're running over time because we've we got to talk about another sensitive immigration issue, and that's the southern border when we come back. All right. We're going to keep an eye on this. When we come back again, we're going to talk about the situation on the southern border and uh, the latest humanitarian crisis going on down there. This is Backroom Politics. We'll be back. Woke up this morning looking for my diamond jewel.
from Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. And we're back uh, talking about... (coughs) Excuse me. Talking about uh, immigration, talking about the census question. Now we're going to talk about another situation. That's the situation on the southern border. Uh, Last week, the inspector general at the Department of Homeland Security came out with a very scathing report about the conditions inside the detention centers down at the the border patrol stations uh, in Texas, one in particular, the one at Clint, Texas. Uh, What came out of the inspector general's report was by no means uh, a a, a very... uh, satisfactory report for Border Patrol. However, it was compounded by a recent uh, article which was done by both uh, the New York Times and the El Paso Times, which talked about uh, several instances of of just inhumane living conditions at these Border Patrol stations uh, to the point where the article came out and said that the stench of the soiled clothing of those in the detention cells was so bad that they permeated the uniforms of and carried over and permeated the uniforms of the border patrol agents uh other situ- you know other uh revelations in that article the drinking of water out of the toilets which has been uh contradicted by the border patrol itself all kinds of problems in all kinds of situations to the point where over the uh over the course of the past 72 hours the UN human rights office has in fact established concerns uh over has the border patrol and DHS in fact been violating human rights laws which I think is just shocking that the United States of all countries would be accused of violating human rights laws when it came to detaining uh, refugees, asylum seekers, and 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 uh, illegal aliens, uh, alien migrants in in this country. That being said, many uh, many questions are going forward. The the Congress did pass a four point one billion dollar emergency spending act, which will get money to DHS to help solve the problem, or at least put a little bit of a band aid on it. But all in all, it's a it, it it really is a tough situation right now. Now the now the question comes back to is to me. Alan Moore, the, the Department of Homeland Security is kind of caught in a really bad spot. You've got people that are sworn to uphold immigration and border security laws, which are under both U.S. Code and Code of Federal Regulations. At the same time, you've got political pressures them to get everybody, detain everybody, and you've got family separation, etc. Where's the fine line between over enforcement creating the environment, the uh, the humanitarian crisis, or lax enforcement and just letting these uh, alien migrants into the country? Well, 
This is exactly the issue that we've talked about numerous times uh, on this show. This is this is one of those situations that wasn't anticipated. Um, the numbers of people coming across is uh, extraordinary. Um, I think it was 140,000 people who were detained in in uh, in the month of May, um, w- which is the biggest number in in years. Um, the, in in a into an area. Where all of the available facilities, the histori- the 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 facilities on the ground in these crossover points, were already full. So, what do you do? Um, you're trying to be humane. Um, you you're trying to also send the signal back to uh, both to the 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 three main countries in Central America that are that are the source of most of these people, although certainly not all, and a signal also to Mexico, hey, don't keep coming. We can't accommodate you in in your schedule. Um, it is a situation where, as I've said ad nauseum around here, in a normal time, you would hopefully have presidential leadership who would convene senior members of Congress and 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 members of the executive agencies that are responsible, principally DHS and uh, uh, HHS, Department of Health and Human Services, and say, what can we do to be both humane but also in control and also uh, try to stop the... Uh, the flood of people that's coming up and you have to fight this battle, if you will, on multiple fronts. We've got a president who would rather make a political issue out of it. And that tends to elevate the politics from the other side. Um, And we're at a stalemate. We did. It's, it's surprising that we were in fact able to, to pass a bill emergency appropriations of 4.6 billion dollars um, uh, which which created an enormous amount of angst among some Republicans who thought it was too much and a bunch of Democrats who didn't like the way it was done and has and has created uh, a lot of tension between Nancy Pelosi and some of her left flank um, it, it, it is it, it's a issue that's really complicated, really needs uh, collective thinking, wisdom, good faith. Have they over-politicized this? Have they over-politicized it? Starting with the president. I'm not trying to... He He's the one who politicized it first. But what's happened is uh, most Americans believe that we have to have some kind of control on our borders. And the rhetoric on among some on the Democratic side is so critical of anything and everything that the administration does that they've opened themselves up to the argument that they just want open borders. Right. Whether that's fair or not, it, it, it it's not accurate, but it's not completely unfair when you listen to some of right. what they say. Right. So the, the president's politicizing of it has triggered politicizing on the other side, and we're at a bit of a stalemate. And meanwhile, you've got Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people whose whose lives and uh, safety 
and health are are hanging but, in the balance. Right. Now, Rich Rubino, when you have the UN Human Rights Office basically saying and I, and I, and I'm and I'm quoting here uh you know, oh uh, the, the, the Trump administration's cruel and inhumane separation of migrant children from their families likely constitutes a breach of international law. Normally, that would get the attention of any administration because no president wants to be known as violating human rights law. That kind of falls short on on, on the ears of this administration. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right, and I think part of that perhaps is the nationalism that Trump espouses and the idea, I think what he would say, and this is probably an argument that he would probably make at some point, he would say that, you know, the U.N., this is the U.N. telling the U.S. what to do, that he would say that they're being treated very humanely and that this is just some international organization kind of coming in and saying that this is what, um, that this is essentially what, you know, they want what they want a foreign country to do. We're just going to say that we're going to protect our own borders. But in terms of I, I concur completely, though, that the Democrats are in are, that there's there's really a political issue that Trump can really use a cudgel on him. And that's this idea of open borders. And there were a few issues at the debate last time around when, for example, they were asked the question of whether to provide they would provide whether each candidate would provide health care for the migrant, for um, for everyone in the country, which would include undocumented immigrants, and essentially everybody raised their hand. I can see that now being used um, for whoever the Democratic nominee is. And, you know, the Nixon-Dixon dictum is, you know, you move to the right or to the left in the primaries, and you move back to the center in the general election. And it's going to be very hard for the candidate to move back to the center because they're on record, you know, raising their hand unless they do what um, what Kamala Harris the Senate, did, did, did when they asked her about, you know, whether she'd um, – whether she get rid of private insurance companies to say that she misunderstood the question, I guess. So everyone's already backtracked on that, and some of the louder voices pointed out that you answering a question by raising a hand that's a substantive policy issue might not be the best way of flushing out the issue. No, that's that's true. But Dan, here, here, here's but it's here's a great a, visual to use later in ads. It, it, oh yeah, it, that's it, true. It, it is a great visual, and it is unfo- an unfortunate but, visual. That said, I don't. Well, it's it's a giant uh, annoyance at the moment. I don't think it's going to land quite as as powerfully, other than to the president's base, which is already pissed off and cooked into the numbers anyway. All right, but, but here, here's, and the, here's the thing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There's, there's another question here. Growing. His numbers are going up, but that's not his base. But, but, but here's the thing is, you've got all these people in detention. You've got people that are coming across the border, and the argument is, is that they're a burden onto our society, that they are taking away American jobs. This is just the, the demagoguery that we're hearing from the nationalistic side. Uh, at the same time, the, the, there are hundreds of thousands of jobs that remain unfilled, uh, jobs that normal Americans don't want or just choose not to apply for. Well, the skilled labor is, is where we're Yes, we're, we're there's lots of unfilled jobs, but skilled labor is one of the bigger issues at the moment. So, I mean, you know, there's a way to say that if they're taking jobs and they're being productive and they're putting into the economy, is that necessarily a bad thing? 
At least that would promote the idea of there being some sort of a guest worker program, which I know that George W. Bush always proposed that they wouldn't necessarily be. Nobody, nobody bought into it. Not only did right. nobody buy into it, it was the it was the tip of the spear for for the crisis amongst the right. The right. real meltdown occurred starting with poor George W. Bush on this guest guest worker program because essentially he was right. We needed to get people out of the shadows and have have a legal way of people being here and do, doing jobs that needed to be done, and the right wing went nuts. What uh, is it, the justification? Tell he me, but tell me, right. what is the justification, Alan Moore, for the rights complaints that having these alien migrants in the country performing jobs that nobody else wants to do is a bad thing? Why you're, is the guest worker program so de- demised by the right? It, it's that's not you. you that's can't, not fully you, correct. You can't. You can't take just that particular sliver of that pop of the population you got women children unaccompanied minors um if it were if if all we had to deal with was the women won't work it, if, if well a lot of them have small children and and are are in a way tied down to it we we have now. No, no. The reason why I'm groaning because we got to be careful on language here. This is. I understand what the intent but, is, but this could be this could be misconstrued. No, I mean, it was. It, it's been Democrat and Republican presidents, and if you look back at at Bill Clinton and and Barack Obama comments and behavior on the immigration issue, you'll find plenty of the same kind of comments about needing to control our borders, needing to not bring people in who are going to undercut the job market in in some of these places. Sometimes that happens. In other times, there are jobs that right. go wanting because nobody will do them, male or female. Email, um, and it may be that that immigrants uh, will come in and 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 be willing to take on some of that work. We know in well, let's in, be, can in, we be explicit in, here. We're talking about American agri- agriculture in particular that is looking for uh, basically. A labor that that they can pay substandard wages for that is one of the more legitimate areas that to deal with the uh, as far as we we need a not workforce because in, in order for American agriculture to compete globally when it is a global market the 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 labor intensive portions of agriculture there there is a, is a known commodity but that, 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 is, the, a, the, but that US, is a narrow vision that is a narrow now, vision now, the, because the, I will tell you the, right the, now the, the, the other how do you think that how do you think that motel six rooms are go for no, so no, no, cheap no 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 that, that that that's now a different question that's, why is that a different question so this is now the cost of labor and whether or not the the as the right would refer to it as open borders is driving down the cost of labor that we are not we are paying wages that the market is now being artificially pushed down yep. that there are Americans that would do the job that would actually be be the custodial staff that would do these other jobs that would you know work in kitchens work as at those kind of jobs that the price is being pushed down because there's surplus unskilled labor to do those jobs instead. So the Americans that are being hurt are unskilled American labor that cannot afford to live at a decent wage because the wages are being driven down by people crossing the border. They are different arguments. I will tell you right now, that is an absolutely 
ignorant argument. You're totally no, wrong. Absolutely Why am I not. It's absolutely sensitive. Why am I wrong? You are making the ignorant statement. How here. am I making the ignorant statement? Because Dan was a hundred percent correct in what he in was your, describing wait, 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 and what, what's going on in all in. in you mean to tell me? Wait a minute. There are minimum wage. Wait a minute. There are minimum wage. Why organized labor? There is minimum wage jobs. Oh, stop. There are minimum wage jobs. There are minimum wage jobs at McDonald's that people who literally will stand on the corner of Pennsylvania Avenue and 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 15th Street hold signs that won't take jobs working at a McDonald's because because Justin, because, you're, you're, you're making the argument yourself that argument? because they shouldn't be minimum wage jobs <laughs> what, what? if 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 you're lacking in something you raise the price in order to attract new labor they won't that's do the how job. that works they won't do the job for $15 jobs even in places that they have $15 minimum wage i will like, bet you they will oh, oh please go to seattle Go check that out. There is, there, there is a young lady on, who's on the corner of the McDonald's here that I actually tried to get off the streets at one point. If she was paid $15 an hour to work at the McDonald's that she panhandled in front do of, you think I can absolutely second, promise you, you she would have. I guarantee you, if you go to somebody who's standing on the street and say, look, I will pay somebody you $15, is, somebody I will pay you $15. Somebody who is not mentally ill. Somebody who is not mentally ill on the street. If you go up to somebody, and if you go up to somebody who is not mentally ill, possibly su- suffering from a drug addiction. Her name is Molly. Do you want to? You want to go out there with fine. me and ask her? I'll go. Yeah, fine, I'll go talk to her. If she got a job doing housekeeping at the Days Inn out on Highway 50 for fifteen dollars an hour, you're telling me she would take that job? Let's go ask her. All right, let's I go bet ask you she her. She will. Let's go ask her. Trust me. There are tons of jobs that people will not take, no matter if you paid them a living minimum wage, $15 an hour, or Then you pay them $20 an hour until somebody takes the job. And then you... you, That's how how a market economy works. If you can't find somebody for $4 an hour, you pay them five. That's how that works. No, but here's the thing is... At some point, we got to be realistic in the market. The, the fact re- that nobody is going to pay $20 for a bushel of strawberries. They're not. So We're not going to pay $8 a pound for chicken breasts. So you're not talking about the agriculture issues, which I started off my statement by subdividing out. But, but the thing about it. Iran. What's that? That may be in Iran. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, no, but to sit there and say that they, that they're not tied in together is is absolutely ludicrous in my mind. To say that huh? it is a matter of <laughs> we don't know what you're even saying, now, Justin. Well, it's it's simple. It is very simple. We have I become guess we're a market just not smart enough to understand your simple-minded. No, 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 I, I, I resent that statement. The well, fact is, it, no, no, it, no, wait it, a minute. If it's that you're, simple, then the question is whether or not the United States needs to have a labor-intensive agriculture market, which is which is a different conversation. This is the this is the argument that I got into Alan with way back with the auto bailout. That Alan promptly used the the argument that the auto bailout didn't need to occur because there would still be cars anyway. The question is whether or not you needed a domestic auto industry. In the case of an agriculture industry or the par- portions of the agriculture industry that are labor intensive. So we're not talking so, we're What about not, the service labor industry that different Again, they are different issues. 
In the United States, American agriculture is competing globally, and some of those strawberries that you're talking about are not necessarily grown in this country. I don't know every place on the map where strawberries are grown, but I'm going to go on a limb that they are grown in other places that have lower labor costs. So in order for American farmers to compete with imported strawberries that have a lower labor cost— From Mexico, mostly. From Mexico, for example, the— you actually have to compete. The question is, how do you choose to compete? If you're going to either grow strawberries, you need to meet those labor costs or take a haircut on the profitability you're going to have. Alternatively, you grow something else. They're all so re- that is the question, whether or not there needs what? to be... Seriously? No, no I, I'm, I'm serious. No, no. The, the, the thing about it is, go talk to the citrus farmers in Florida and look at how they have to operate. You go citrus, ask, which is a labor-intensive market. You until machines can pick the oranges, it's going to be harder. Okay. So you need human beings to do it. So then, at the, at the same time, we talk about that is why can't I get paying even above minimum wage housekeepers in motels in let's say Atoka, Oklahoma? So are are, are the housekeepers also picking oranges? I, I'm trying no, to no, follow no, the no, argument. No, no, no. The, the argument is is that. We have open jobs. There are people that will literally do those jobs, whether you pay them $5 an hour, you pay them the minimum wage of $8 an hour, or you pay them a living wage of $15 an hour. There are a lot of jobs that people, that Americans, that that are on public assistance will traditionally not want to take, regardless of whether we're paying them $15 an hour or eight fifty. This is now a significantly more complex conversation. It's talking about the, the levels of benefits and why people yep. are on public assistance. Yep. And you're still ignoring the fact that it's still a market economy. So if, if we want to have citrus grown in the United States and picked, we need somebody to pick it. So the question is, fine, let's you know absolutely destroy the, the as the Trump administration has tried. Uh, let's the, let, let's cut off bu- let's cut off trade for citrus entirely. So therefore the only the only citrus you can buy in this country it has to be grown in the United States and picked by American citizens. All right, so how do you fix the problem with the service industry? Bussing tables, washing dishes. You pay the market rate. You pay. We do pay the market rate, and they still no, can't find enough. No, we are enough. not paying the market no, rate. We're not. That's his whole point. <laughs> you have a minimum wage that's seven and a quarter, um, and in many parts of the country, you can find workers that will work for that. Certainly not in D.C. or not in Seattle or not in New York, where you have a higher minimum wage, and even then, you may not pay enough. And in, in which case, employers have to have to decide. Okay. I have to pay 20 bucks an hour. Can I stay in business if I pay 20 bucks an hour? Meanwhile, there are now millions of workers, some of them illegal, some of them unskilled, untrained, who will take on these jobs. They may develop loyalty. They may climb the ladder. They may they may change out it, it the, at the fast food restaurants. The longevity of most workers is a, is a matter of months. It's very expensive for those companies, for those owners, because they're constantly having to find new people. But they but they can find enough at this artificial at this at at the current minimum wage or the or the market rate. The more unskilled uh, immigrants you bring in, the more you'll be able to fill those jobs. But the people who are Americans, in, in your own words, you know, they're on, they're 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 eking out an existence with public benefits, with 
underground economy. Um, it's not when the choice is this job for ten bucks an hour or live with uh, live with relatives, get some benefits, operate underground. These are choices that individuals make, but. But the answer is not to bring in a flood of more illegals so that that group can continue to operate that way. It's um, a, it's they, a matter uh, of the ones that do come here, the ones that are in the country, the ones that continue to cross over. If the, if they choose to be productive in society, if if you they don't talk qualify to, for any public benefits, they, first they of don't all. qualify. But so so, they, so, so what they, they do is in. they come in and they they these are people that have a huge work ethic. If you talk to anybody no, coming, I, no argument there, no, not, none at all. And the but thing as, about it is, they Dan, will but, do but, those but jobs. They, yes, they will. But as Dan points out, they their existence, their presence, their willingness to do those jobs, do them well, um, at a below market rate, is is the major deterrent. I'm not talking about picking, which is really hard. But domestic jobs in the in the services industry and in the in in the hotel and restaurant industry, there are millions of those jobs around the country that are filled by Americans. Whether it's tip jobs, whatever, what they won't do is pick strawberries, um, or or tomatoes. I, I I will tell you I will tell you from experience, having talked to people who own hotels in small towns, people who own some of these service-based uh, industries or these service-based businesses, it is literally impossible to fill all the jobs that need to be filled by Americans. There are some that literally have to go out and seek out questionably documented alien migrants to fill those jobs because they're the only ones that do. They have the work ethic to do the job. A lot of times, and unfortunately, they will literally live in conditions where you will see 10 people in a one-bedroom apartment, but they do the job. They send the money home. Yes, and those the, are driving down market rates. They, but then, they have a major then American, then we either the make US the decision. This is this is literally as old as America. The idea of labor issues uh, and how things are going to be balanced and, and flooding the market. For does, but does a guest it's, worker it's, program not part, help it, alleviate the problem on the southern border? Huh? Does a guest worker problem not help alleviate? Some of the problems on the southern border. It's still an administrative nightmare, and unless you spend the money on it, it's, it's still going to be an issue. There are still lots of people that want to come here because they are fleeing other issues. So the southern border isn't strictly economic, even though that's a large portion of it. It's also people fleeing for their lives. Right. So it is a real but, but issue. But the thing about it is instead of them being a toll on public assistance or being a dole on the, on the public uh, – on, on, the, on the public benefit, yes, jails well, cost money. This is the yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't qualify for benefits. What they what they get at at the border is some kind of subsistence, food, water, and a roof over their head in a in a secure place. It's not good living. <coughs> it obviously it's, it's, obviously it's it's, it's it's obviously being paid for by by the US government right. but it's not like they're if they get out that they're going to then be able to qualify for any sort of and benefits. Yeah, we got we got to we got to go I'm getting like the death stare from Rob the engineer. That went a little bit longer than I thought. Uh Rich Rubino, thanks for joining us as always. Thank on, you. Behalf, on behalf of uh Rich and uh Dan Littner and Alan Moore. 
Rob, the engineer behind the glass, Eric Thomas, our producer. I'm your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, by the way, you can follow us. Download us as your favorite podcast on your favorite podcasting services, whether it's Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, or even iHeartRadio. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. You can also write to me, Justin, at backroompolitics.org. Have a great week, America. We'll see you soon.